Greetings from Hitsville, USA in the Motor City, and welcome to the Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Russell. Join us for this special six-part series as we celebrate the entrepreneurial excellence of the Gordy family, whose innovative DNA sparked one of the most significant musical accomplishments and stunning success stories of the 20th century. Just as Motown Museum carries on the Motown legacy, each episode will feature dynamic stories of family businesses, thriving as examples of successful multi-generational enterprises, reinforcing how important legacy is to our culture. This is the Legacy Podcast. Parks Barbecue on the North End here in Detroit. It is a family-owned and started business, and we have Rod Parks Sr. and Rod Parks Jr. here with us today. Hello, guys. Good afternoon. Uh, hello. Thank you for having us. Just to start now, your dad is the one who started the business, right, Rod? He is. Uh, Rod Jr. and I are second and third generation. The business was started by uh, Edward and Werner Parks, our parents, uh, for, for those old-timers who might remember Young's Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Uh, my dad started there at Young's. Uh, John and Inez Young uh, were my mother's uh, aunt and uncle. My father joined the organization at part-time as he was a postal worker and then full-time. He eventually became a, a partner with uh, uh, my aunt and uncle, and he stayed there until after John died. A couple of years later, Inez remarried. They're, they had phil, uh, philosophical differences. Okay. And uh, Ed, uh, known as Terry, Edward Terry Parks, um, packed up his kit and caboodle and, and bought the land where uh, Parks Barbecue currently stands, and we built that building from the ground up. Uh, I was there from the beginning. When I started there, I was... Uh, a, a sophomore in college at Hillsdale College, and I would come home on the weekends and work. And after graduation and marriage and all, I just continued to be there. I've been there from, uh, since the very beginning. And what year was that again? Well, that was we were it opened in uh, May of 1964. Fantastic, and like I said, still there, and it's still the family business because Rod Jr. You're there now as well, and you are one of the master barbecue makers. What, what, what's that like, you know, just being part of your family business and knowing the history of it? It's a big responsibility. Uh, I bask in it. I don't do it for the money. I do it because my name is in lights. I've always said that. And, and the stories that I hear of people growing up and coming down there for many years, that's what drives me. All right. And now, of course, you guys are right down the street from the Motown Museum, and I'm quite sure back in the day you had several folks from Motown stopping down there getting some barbecue. We did. At any given time, uh, somebody would wander through or they would send a driver to pick up uh, supplies. Uh, Motown uh, personalities as well as uh, music personalities in Michigan that 
may not have been necessarily affiliated with Motown, but had, had well knowledge of Motown. Uh, we would get uh, some of everybody. Uh, Holman Young used to be a, 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 a mm-hmm. fan of ours. If he didn't come, he'd send his driver. Okay. You know, and uh, uh, we see Aretha Franklin. She, I spoke to her several occasions ah. personally. So she, up until the end, continued to have someone come down and get some barbecue for her. No, that, that, that's great. Because like you said, when it's good, you enjoy it. Heck yeah, just keep going back and getting it. Because, uh, yeah, especially like you said with Aretha, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, if she likes your food, she will be there. Mm, always. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about any other, uh, talk about some other notable people, you know, who have stopped through, who just have always loved Parks Barbecue. Well, we would forget some of the temptations occasionally. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Barry wandered through uh-huh. once or twice, and I know his, uh, one of his staffers would come by uh, and, uh, you know, at any given time, you know, what I wish we had done at the time is, you know, but that was before the, the, the handheld camera, yeah. and I, you know, whoa, whoa can, can I, can I get a, <laughs> a hug and a picture? Right. <laughs> you know, but, uh, we did not, you know, we'd acknowledge them when we saw them and, you know, and, uh, uh, try to give them the best possible service we can, you know, hey, don't forget to don't forget us. There you go, and, and also just uh, for Rod Junior. Obviously, you've got your one location, and a lot of uh, other I'll just say barbecue places have one location. Was there ever any talk about expanding? That's him right here. Oh, okay. He's always had the dream of a second location, and I wasn't totally against it, but it's so hard to get people just in the first location, and then I'm have to split myself. Again, to make sauce for both places, it's just more. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I like the idea, but until things stable out and it's a little smoother to do, I'm good. With you're, you're good with where you are. I'm good with on Bobby. And there you go. <laughs> Everybody knows where I am. That's right. That's right. Every time I drive down the boulevard, I always look down whether I stop or not, but always look and go, all right, tip of the hat to you. <laughs> but now something else, though, that you guys are big into are uh, rib festivals. Well, I, I am. Uh, we have an 18-foot uh, mobile kitchen, uh, 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 a food truck that's towed instead of driven. Okay. And uh, my favorite son here just hates it with a passion. Ah. He hates that. You know, and it's never done anything to him. But, <laughs> but, but, but he, he sees it, I, I guess, as a, a diversion from... His primary business, which is the store, right? And so, uh, I don't think. Have you ever even been in that trade? I've been in it, but I haven't been to any location where it's been used. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I've got everything right here in the shop. On the road, you're at the road's mercy, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. Right. I, I want some control over what's going on and what I'm doing. Right. You know, I'm on your terms, where. I've got all the terms here. I, I'm overhead. Everything is mine right here. There you go. You know, all the inches of the building, and you're great <laughs> with that. There's no o- extra overhead. There's no extra lines. Nobody's palm I have to smooth. It's all right here. All right. <laughs> and now something else with family-owned businesses. You know, they, they're started by the originator, and then, like I said, then goes into the second generation like yourself. And a lot of them, by the time it 
it's ready to go to the third generation, they begin to fall off because people, you know, want to try something else. Talk a little bit, Rod Jr., about you being that third generation and the possibilities of a fourth generation. Well, you know, I went away to college and started doing my own thing. And time changed, and I wound up coming home. And... I believe if it wasn't for me coming home, we might not still be rolling as we are right now. Um, I'd like for my son, Rod III, to be a, a part of it. But I know he has he's in college. He's going to do his path first, mm -hmm. and he might come back. You, you never know. But I leave the door open. I was going to say, use the power of the force. Bring him in. Come right. in, my son. I wanted to <laughs> keep going. That's keep right. Keep going. That's right. And, and as you said, your son, he's in college right now, and like he said, wants to do his own thing a little bit. Any thoughts for the future in regards to getting more family members involved? I still have two cousins who work there, so and we're all pretty much around the same age. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to get them to see if their kids are interested and to keep it in the family and to keep it going. If not... I'm going to have to find a good successor to keep it going because I'm not ready to turn out the lights. But if it does come to that, I will bottle my sauce, put it in grocery stores, and you'll still at least be able to get the sauce. Oh, that, that would be great, even though we don't want to see that. We want to right. see the family you know, continue to go. Or, you know, like uh, some other folks have told us, where when family members weren't you know, available to do it, they still own it, but they get somebody else now to manage it and run it. So it is still yours. Definitely would look for that, definitely. Well, we do have one other grandson. Uh, you have one other grandson. <laughs> well, well, you have two grandsons. Uh, I've got three, but mine are like this still. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I have a, a, a grandson. He's 19. He's a sophomore at Michigan State. He is not a Parks. He is a Parks Allen. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, and... He's actually come down and and worked a little bit, but I I, I tried to get him to work last summer, mm -hmm. but uh, Target was paying fifteen dollars an hour. Ah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and so he kicked me to the curb. <laughs> it's like, come on, this is family. Yeah, Your last name's not Target; <laughs> it's Parks. That's the Target. Money talks. Money yeah. talks. You know, guys, there's an old saying: how you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. Uh, what is it like to work with family? We'll start out, actually, we're going to start with you, Junior, first, and then we'll come back over to Rod Sr. What's it like working with family? Difficult <laughs> and fun at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because at least you know and understand. It's like if you know the rules to a game, it's easier to play. And whether you like it or not, at least you understand it. And you get that with family. You, you, you know them. Where with a stranger... They could flip on you. You didn't know it was coming. Right. You probably wish that you could work more with family, but you have to learn how to separate the business and family. That's probably the toughest part of it. Right. Right. Because like you said, there are going to be ups and downs no, no matter what. I mean, in business, in life, in general. So, yeah, you've got to learn how to yeah, all coexist. How about you, Rod? And you talk a little bit about working with family, especially with your parents in the beginning and now with your son. Well, with my parents, uh, 
I kind of acquiesced to whatever they wanted sometimes. At the, in the early stages, it was to us. My, my uh, deceased brother uh, was there, and uh, he, he was the kind of guy that Dad would say, do this, do this, do this, and Phil would say, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then he'd go do what he wanted to do. <laughs> Whereas I, I was too dumb to, to take that approach. Do this, do this. Why? <laughs> you know, and, and it generally wound up with him saying, because I said so. Oh, good grief. Yeah, the famous parent line from mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. And, and, and my argument was always, you know, family is here and we are. But business is here and family is here. You know, uh, Let's not go home and you beat me up about something that happened uh, at the store. And, and frequently that would occur. Right. And so there was a time that the only time I would go to Park's Barbecue is if they uh, summoned me to do something. Otherwise, I wasn't going because I don't want, didn't want to arm wrestle with my parents. You know, uh, and unfortunately, I, I think uh, some of that has rubbed off on my son because... I know he thinks that I'm a pain in the patoot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I appreciate that. And, and it's a, a relief, I think, for both of us when he ships me out of the country. You know, they, they actually <laughs> fired me. Oh, really? Yeah, he fired me. Uh, you know, I, I, I work for him now. <laughs> right. They, they took me off the payroll. They, <laughs> they, they fired me. It sounds so good. I, <laughs> I have to ask you now, Rod Jr., talk about firing your own dad. I mean, that's kind of, uh, He's not, you know, it's so funny. He's only the second person I fired. <laughs> was your mom the other one? Or who was? No, I fired my brother-in-law. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he fight with my sister, and then he went on to come to work. And I'm like, what's that got to do with me? You know? I'm going to need them keys back, sir, you know? And that way y'all can stay over there and fight. <laughs> And I'll just do everything, you know, so. <laughs> and that's how it is working. <laughs> and that's family. There you go. It's a family affair for sure. Now, something else I want to ask you about are learning lessons from each generation. Start with you, Senior. I'm quite sure your dad and mom, when they first started it out, had certain things that they did. And you came along and probably thought, you know what? They always did A, B, and C, but I've got an idea for D, E, and F. Well, what would happen is uh, I, I would see things in my wandering, and I would say, well, you know, can we implement this? For instance, our, the original building was too small. And I would say, uh, Dad, you know, we need to extend this building. Where it, it jets out into the parking lot. That was not part of the original building. Okay. And I would say, Dad, Dad we, could, well, we don't need it. We don't need it. Okay. A couple of years later, that end of the building mysteriously appeared, <laughs> but it was his idea. Ah, <laughs> so always the smart idea. Yeah, it was his <laughs> idea. Uh, we are landlocked. We can't go back. We can't go sideways. And I hate to give up uh, some of the parking lot. Right. We had an opportunity, or my dad and mom had an opportunity to buy the lots that are adjacent to us. There were two old houses there. They caught fire. They burned down. I said, you know, folks, we, 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 we need to buy these lots. We need to buy these lots. We don't need them. Mm-hmm. We'll never need them. Uh, 
Now we need them. <laughs> we need them. I, I can't steal them. The church across the street owns them. Okay. And they're, they're not going to sell. The, the parking lot that's on the other side of the street from us, the church owns. They're not going to sell. I, you know, so I, I, I'm landlocked. I do not want to leave the north end. Right. So, I, you know, I, I'm kind of I'm stuck. Like I said, well, you're a legacy, you know, in that area. So, yeah, I think everybody will still just think, going to parks, we're going right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, my son and his mother uh, weren't enthusiastic about opening a second location, and that's why I got the trailer. That's how, as a means of expansion. Right. I mean, you know, to... to uh, showcase the product uh, beyond our, our normal bounds. You know, whoever heard of us in Brighton until we went yeah. out there for their, their events, and uh, we've actually had people come down from uh, Brighton or, or, or uh, Pontiac or as far away as uh, Ann Arbor mm-hmm. because they they saw our, us and, and our product had a. Weekend event, a, a fair or festival in those neighborhoods. Great. And, and now something that was funny when you were talking about you asking your dad about something, he's going, no, 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 no. And you're thinking, no, I want to do this. I saw the smile on Junior's, <laughs> on Junior's face like, oh, yeah, I got those stories too. So how did you take it to a different level? Um, I think the first thing that I did was make more sauce. You know, I watched my uncle do it one gallon at a time. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew to make more consistently to be able to sell more. That was the first thing. And then I went techno, you know, <laughs> adding cameras and things of that nature to protect the patrons and ourselves. Right. You know, that kind of stuff, technology. People from all over the city and all over the county come there. And right now that area is beginning to grow. Again, I mean, you go over there, you see the homes that are being bought and refurbished and different things like that, where, let's just say 20 years ago, it was lean, you know, but mm-hmm. you guys maintain. Talk a little bit about that, how during the lean times, what you did just to keep the business going. Well, we, we've always tried to service the neighborhood, uh, although the neighborhood keeps evaporating. <laughs> um, and it, it for a, a goodly number of years, and even now, really, uh, people talk about our area as being the bad part of town. Well, interestingly enough, when I used to close at night, uh, and we were open later at night, and, and as the years progressed, the uh, face of the neighborhood changed. Um, we got a little flack when we reduced hours. We used to stay open until uh, midnight, then uh, 10 o'clock now, and Friday, Saturday, we're open till 9, but the other days, uh, we close at 8. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is that there was just no one out. Oh, right. You know, back back in the day when uh, Oakland was jumping, you had uh, Sugar Hill and um, uh, all the other places mm-hmm. up and down there, we had the plants. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, we had uh, uh, the GM plant down on Pequot. Uh, we had... Uh, plants uh, coming out of Hamtramck, right. uh, Dodge City. And uh, um, the, the renovation of the area, you know, uh, kind of took those away. Mm-hmm. 
when they ran the expressway up 75 right. and wiped out half of Black Bottom. Right. You know, all of those things uh, played a part in uh, how our business is today. Right. As you made me think, even like the Apex Bar, which was a big Motown hangout, was yeah. basically right around the corner. It was. It was right around the corner. Um, I, I wanted to buy that building. Oh. And, and uh, the young lady, well, the middle-aged lady who owns it, uh, uh, won't do anything with it and won't sell it. So. Oh, and still has it to this day. It is still there. Up until yep. recently, the lights were still on. Jeez. Truly a pleasure having you both here. Um, we enjoyed the conversation. Also enjoyed where you threw out something about Michigan State that got a big smile from our uh, <laughs> Michigan State alum here. Okay. So uh, absolutely glad you guys could make it. And again, folks, you want some of the best barbecue in the city of Detroit. Not just saying this because you're sitting here, because like I said, it's been, I've been eating it since I was eight. So uh, check out Parks Barbecue north end of Detroit, uh, delicious. And also, like you said, you can go in there, and if they catch up to you, I'm quite sure you've got plenty of stories you still want to share with people when they come in, don't you, Senior? Oh, I, I, I sit uh, on my favorite bar stool at the end of the counter, and uh, uh, we can talk for days. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> now, now this just actually uh, provokes something else in my mind. So what, what have been some of the best conversations, or what do most people want to know or talk to you about when they come in? Well, you know, strangely enough, uh, we get a lot of people who come back. They haven't been there, or, or we'll see them, and you're still in business. He was out at Costco one day, and he was driving the company truck that has the lettering on it, and people stopped him and says, is that the old Parks Barbecue that used to be down on the, down on, on the north end? He said, well, yeah, and we're still there. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's why we're starving to death, because you haven't come to see us. Right. <laughs> So here, take a flyer. Come on down. We're still at the same location. Yeah, we're, we're Absolutely. here. Reach right in the back. Grab a couple. Here you go. Yep, and you can phone an order in as well. Yeah, have it ready for you when you get there. Okay. I got my phone out, so uh, I think I know what I'll be doing after the show. But uh, both Rod Sr. and Jr., thank you both so very, very much for being here with us for the Motown Museum Legacy Podcast. Great to hear about your family business. And like we said, just... Keep it going. I mean, Parks is definitely part of the earth here in Detroit, and we need to have it stay here and continue to grow. That's something that we want to do. Uh, we look forward to the next 50 years, or at least he does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, we, we appreciate the opportunity to come here and, and just sit and chat with you. Oh, always fun. We always have a good time. Even like I said, when I come there, I sit there and talk to your dad for hours on end about you know different things, family and friends and all like that. So uh, thank you both very, very much. And we will be down there to eat thank probably you. in five minutes. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our six-part series. The Legacy Podcast is brought to you by Hitsville Next. Motown Museum's community platform where people can thrive as thinkers, creators, and entrepreneurs. To stay in the know of all that Hitsville Next does, follow us at Hitsville Next on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This program was made possible with the support of J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, the Kresge Foundation, W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and National Endowment for the Arts. We encourage you to subscribe to the series and leave your reviews in the comments. We'll be back next week with Shahida Mausi of the right productions. Thank you for listening. I'm Greg Russell.